This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Thuramore, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. My co-host, Patrick Rowe, is a board member of Thuramore, as well as being a longtime church planner in the greater Houston area and Thailand. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button. Let me just read a couple of passages here because... We have to understand fully Jesus affirms we are going to receive things we ask for, mm-hmm. guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So in John chapter 14, starting in verse 12, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. Jesus did some insane works. Yeah. Okay. Because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Okay, there's no cop out here. This mm-hmm. is not only for the direct disciples of Jesus. He says, uh-huh. everyone who believes in my name will be able to do these things and greater things. Yeah. And if you ask in my name, I will do it. Right. Okay? Right. So the beautiful thing is the same disciple, John, who, who wrote this gospel, wrote the letter First John, and he clarifies this for us. Mm. So he does some clarification in 1 John 5, 14 through 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Yeah. If that's not confidence, I don't know what is. Right. <laughs> that's a, it's a guarantee you'll get this thing. Right. According to God's will. Right. Which will is that, though? I think the only way to read this is he's saying you can discern the decreed will by the power of the Spirit. Mm. And so you can pray with confidence. And the way this manifests is I think the Spirit can help you just get this urging for somebody. Mm. And it doesn't mean that every time you have to command. Like, I'm still at a place, maybe I don't have enough faith for it. <laughs> I'll just tell you straight up. I don't, I don't command sickness generally or anything like that. But I pray over people. And when I feel the Spirit pressing me in a specific situation, I start praying with way more confidence. Mm-hmm. And I, I spend more time in prayer over that thing, that specific thing. Yeah. Because you only pray for so many things in a day, right? You got 24 hours. I think the Spirit's going to highlight the things for you that are like, hey, pray harder into this because I really want to do it, you know, and expect me to do it. That's a beautiful thing. And it's so scary. Yeah, it really is. It's having confidence that what you're asking for is definitely the will of God absolutely requires like revelation from the Holy Spirit. I, I mean, there are things in the scripture that it's like, this is the will of God for you, your sanctification. You know, it's like those things we don't we don't have to question, we don't have to wonder. If you're if we're praying, please, Lord, make me like Jesus. Well, the answer is yes. 
You know, there's no question. So our confidence, as you said, our confidence is 100%. But then when it comes to this, you know, anything that is not expressly stated in Scripture that God wants it, then you're in this realm that you're discussing where it requires discernment from the Holy Spirit. God has to communicate to you that he wants this thing, and then you pray it back to him, and he does it. And, and I think you're right. I think that's what John is referring to, that the Lord can reveal to us what his will is, what his desire is, so that we can pray it, and then we can see him do it. Uh, but that's, that, it really is tough. But, it, you know, it, it gets into that realm, like, it makes me think of, in the book of Acts, was it Paul was walking, and it said that he, he, there was a man there who was crippled, and he saw that he had faith to be healed? Or was it Peter and John? It was Peter and John. It was Peter and John. And, and they saw that he had faith. That's right, he was outside the temple. He had, saw that he had faith to be healed and just commanded him to be healed and get up and walk, you know? In that moment, there was he had no scripture telling him, like you said, like the neighbor getting saved or like this man sitting outside the temple being healed, no scripture that would give you 100% confidence. But in that moment, he was confident that the Lord had revealed his will to him. Somehow, God made it clear to him, how do you see faith? Like, how do you walk up to a perfect stranger? I don't know. And you see... I want to know, though. I know. I want to see it. I want to... Like, I mean, this guy didn't... He didn't say anything yet. You know, they had no interaction with him. He just walks up to him and goes, this guy has faith to be healed. Hey, get up and walk, you know? And that's just completely mysterious and supernatural. And I do believe that it's possible for us to receive that kind of revelation right now, today, in our day, in the life of, of, of the church today, that we can receive that kind of revelation from the Holy Spirit to see what he sees, know what he knows, so that we can pray or we can live according to his will, and, and that that's something that God would be pleased to do and is pleased to do. But it, it, as you said, it requires an enormous amount of faith. Yeah, and it's walking by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Yeah. I mean, that's what Peter and John were doing, is they were walking their whole lives with the Spirit. Like, their lifestyle was, hey, my focus is on the Lord as I walk around and as I see this person. Mm -hmm. And we have the same Spirit in us, and it's so hard to believe that, because we don't see it happen exactly like in Acts, and it's, like, discouraging. And a lot of the issue is we we lean so heavily on our our fleshly reason mm-hmm. to dictate our faith when it should be the other way around. Yeah, faith and dependence on God should guide our logic and our reason, mm-hmm. uh, not the other way around. Yeah, you know it. It reminds me too of like how is it that anybody knows that Jesus was raised from the dead? that he had died for their sins and paid a debt that they owed against this holy God who created everything, and that Jesus is alive right now at the right hand of the Father, living always to make intercession for them, pouring out his Spirit on those who trust in him. He's going to come back one day to make all things new, to judge the living and the dead. How do you know that? (laughs) You don't know that because someone proved it to you. You know it because God has revealed it to you. Any person, any person who is saved, 
who belongs to the kingdom has functioned in this. If they have any confidence at all in their salvation, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. It's having it's having complete confidence that God has revealed to you what he loves, what he wants, what he's like, what your why your life matters, why he made you at all. All these things are wrapped up in things that can't be proven to you. You can't see it, touch it. So we're not using human reasoning in order to have confidence in our salvation. It's completely supernatural. Yeah, but it's it's possible to chalk that up to reason in a way. It's possible to say, well, the book told me. So like I did the, the ritual. The book that was inspired by God. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But what I can say is, the the book told me to do it. Mm. I was brought up in this tradition. Okay. I have this ritual where I pray to salvation prayer, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we reduce even the act of salvation to a point of reason and cultural conditioning instead of actual faith and the power of the spirit. Yeah, and that's dangerous and it's wrong and it's wicked to be honest. Oh yeah, it's obviously purely unbiblical. It's unbiblical and it's wicked. It's. Mm-hmm. But it's easy, even for me, it's easy to kind of slip into that, well, this is happening because I thought it, you know, because I... Yeah, uh, figured it out. Yeah, this this word from the Lord that was right was a coincidence because of X, Y, Z. Or, um, you know, I was at the right place at the right time to receive Jesus because, and, and pray a sinner's prayer, right. you know, Basically because got lucky. I had people in, in my life, you know, I was at a church camp or whatever. It's even easy for me to kind of just fall back into that but that is like, that's Satan. That's the mm. enemy trying to diminish the work of the Spirit in your life. Yeah. And anytime you hear something like that, reject it in the name of Jesus because it is false. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime human wisdom or human reasoning is used to explain away the supernatural work of God, we have to run away from that. That's just, and that, and a lot of that kind of thinking comes out of the Enlightenment you know, and, and sadly, along with the reformation of the church, getting away from a lot of practices that were re- religious, ritualistic, but not relying on the power of God and the wisdom of God, and and stripping stripping away some of the beauty of the gospel and the power of the gospel, putting it into human hands. The reformation was working so hard to put all the power, all the glory, back with God all the authority to forgive sins, everything, back with God, which is beautiful. But sadly, in the world, it came along with this move towards rationalism and intellectualizing everything and becoming less spiritual. And so now the result is we have all this beautiful theology, but our temptation is to always rationalize it. Yeah, and to like intellectualize it's totally it. possible for humans to do this and know this and blah, blah, blah. Right, yeah, but then you read the Bible and it's like, Jesus is saying these just wild, radical things, like, you're going to do the same works that I did, and even more, or ask anything according to my name, and I'll do it for you. And to live in the realm where you know that's true, and you you actually have confidence that God himself can reveal things to you that he desires so that you'll pray it back to him, so that he will accomplish it, we're talking about otherworldly stuff. Yeah. You know, and we just have to accept that we are strangers in the world, we are fools to the world, and we embrace it. That's who we are. 
Yeah. You know, what we believe is mm. foolish to the world. That's it's true. foolish to my flesh. <laughs> I it's My crazy. flesh tells me all the time that I'm an idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just... But but when I'm when I'm in the spirit, when I'm walking by the spirit, I have confidence. Yeah. You've been saying this recently, but it's like the way that we reason with the Bible is we cherry pick what fits the reason we like or we're used to <laughs> yeah. or what's easier for and us. And so to it's like I'm in the Romans nine, Ephesians one camp, you know. Mm. John fourteen is true and Romans nine is true. Yeah. They're both true. Yeah, Second they're Peter's post, true. And they're both things you're supposed to be active in because mm-hmm. you have the same spirit right now. Right. Okay? Acts is real. Yeah. Okay? It's the same planet. It's the we same We live on the planet. same planet with the same God. <laughs> same God, same spirit, same everything. Yeah. When Paul, people touched Paul's handkerchief and were healed. That was real. That feels crazy to us that that would happen now. We, right. It's easy to accept it happened then. Oh, it was Paul, whatever he was forever right. ago. Right. But it's not easy for us to accept that that could happen now. And then we use bad examples once again to justify right. not ever trying to touch any of that. Right. But Jesus says it in John 14. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to do this stuff. Those who believe in me, not just the disciples. Yeah. But people in the future who believe me, people in 2023 who are love me and are filled with the Spirit of God, the same Spirit, these things can happen. Yeah. But I think that falling back into that First John 5, according to the will of God, and going, okay, these things happening are not about me. They're not about me getting money or being some prosperity preacher or having a private jet. Not, it doesn't have to be about any of that. Right. It's really about, Lord, what is your will for this situation? Mm-hmm. Please share it with me yeah, so that I can show the power of the Spirit to this person and they can experience it and they'll glorify you in it. Yeah. Just Thanks. like Moses' prayer, right? Moses' prayer to God, his, his pushback, right? His persistent intercession with God was, hey, God, you could destroy these people, but... I know it's going to be awesome for your glory if you if you let them continue to go forward. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm with you, there's frustrating as heck. But yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't call God unjust or anything like that for de- doing desiring to do it. But he's like, but Lord, like if you deliver them, you're going to be glorified among the peoples. Mm-hmm. Could you do that? You know, right? And we have that kind of access to God where we say, hey, God, like. It's a li- I mean, maybe it's a little different. We talked in an episode about Moses' interaction with God. So um, I, I haven't at all, I think, ever said to God, like, hey, could you not do what you want to do? Uh, <laughs> you clearly told me face-to-face you're going to do something, <laughs> and I'm asking you not to. <laughs> that one is very bold. I, I wow. tend to take more of an Abraham approach. It's like, sacrifice your child? Okay, you know, like, right. not that I'm considering that. But, like, the point Just is, for the like, record, Michael has sacrificed none of his children. No, and I, I, I never will. Uh, the point is... If we ask God, he can give us insight into mm-hmm. what he wants to do and we can command and pray with so much confidence. And I am such a baby in this. I have to tell you, I'm right. not any kind of pro yeah. at this. I'm right. stumbling along with the spirit. On it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. So, so, you know, to kind of bring it full circle, we started with this parable about not losing heart. 
continuing to pray and not losing heart. And Jesus' ex- Jesus's example of persisting in prayer for something you believe is good, some need you have, don't lose heart, keep bringing it, because God is not an unrighteous judge. He's better than that. He's actually a, a good father, and he's full of love, and he wants to give justice speedily. That's the desire of God. And what speedily is to God, you know, may not be what it is to us. But it, but when we're persisting in prayer, there's some implications that we've talked about before several times, and I think we even mentioned it early on here. But if you're praying for something, be praying for it because you believe it's good to God, because you believe God would be pleased to do it. So we're not just praying for anything. We're praying for what we believe God would be pleased to do or pleased to give us or whatever. Yes, everything you pray should be according to the desired will of God in Scripture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you, you sh- if you're praying for something that you— not that you you don't know whether or not God will do it, but you don't— if you don't even know that this is the kind of thing that would please God, like you don't even have any basis for, for believing God would be pleased with it, it's just purely for self-interest or whatever, then don't pray it. You know, sure. I want a castle because I want a castle is not now right. A castle that, that's not a prayer you pray because right. You yeah, know, it has I mean, nothing to do with right. God. <laughs> Maybe somebody out there has a good God God glorifying reason for sure. A if castle. it's like I want a castle and I'm going to turn it into an orphanage, okay, maybe there's something there. But yeah, yeah, right. I okay, just mean so if it's like if I want something for me, yeah, right. Just that's spoil not me, Jesus. God. Just spoil me. You know, <laughs> treat myself. So. <laughs> I did it. You okay, did it. so so then we we're starting from this place where we believe that God is all powerful and good. We believe that what we're asking him for is good to him. And then we're relying on the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal to us supernaturally what does God want? What would please him? And what does he want to do in this situation or what does he want to do in me? And then pray those things with confidence. We, we have to pray with confidence that we know God, that we know, we know what he's like and we know what pleases him, and we believe that he can communicate to us things that he wants to do and that would, things that would glorify his name would be good for us, good for our churches. And I think that right there is enough to just, with full confidence, believe in the power of God yeah. That he hears, that he wants to answer. Hear Jesus saying, whatever you ask, I'll do it. But this is the point where I know personally I've had to struggle is, am I willing, when Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it, you know, and then the same person who recorded that saying, John says, whatever you ask according to his will, it's as good as done, you know? So we, we understand that in a fuller way, that way through John that if I believe I've discerned the will of God, and now I'm praying it back to him, and I'm asking him, please do this thing, and he doesn't answer, he doesn't do it. And I hear Jesus saying, don't lose heart, keep praying. So I keep on praying, please do this, please do this. It's not happening. Please do this. That at that point right there, I have to believe, this is my, my struggle historically, is I am entrusting these things to Jesus. And whatever he meant by, if you ask, I'll do it. You ask in my name, it's done. 
that whatever he meant by that and however I understand it, I'm the one who's deficient. I'm the one who's limited in perspective. I don't have all the knowledge and wisdom of the ages. I can't see the future, but he does. That is him. So however and whenever he chooses to answer or do the thing or not do the thing, I have to completely trust him. So my it brings us to this point that we've we've made already. I have to have complete 100% confidence in him all the time. Yeah. Not just his ability, but his goodness, his wisdom, his righteousness that he will do justice. I have to take 100% confidence in that. And then I want to operate in as much confidence as I can that I'm hearing from him and that these are things he wants to do. Otherwise, why would I persist? Yeah. Yes, 100%. Although that often can become a cop-out for me. Yeah, but I, yeah, and and I don't mean <laughs> cop-out. I, I don't mean, well, I'm going to ask for this, but who knows? Yeah. No, I, I mean genuine confidence that you believe you've heard from the Lord, yeah. and that's why you're persisting. Sure. Because if you ask the Lord for something and he doesn't do it, why would you persist unless you really were convinced yeah. that this is what God wanted? And that part of what he wants is for you to ask again. Ask again. Want it. Seek it. Love it. Well, and I think I'm starting to see more and more the persistence. The reason persistence is coupled with expectancy, I think, in that in this parable is, like I mentioned with Paul, I think because he persisted, he heard the Lord mm-hmm. on the issue. If you persist with the Lord and have this dialogue with him about this thing, he's going to reveal to you what you need to do, mm-hmm. whether it's no, whether it's not yet, whether it's keep praying for it, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, yes, I'm doing it right now. If you have that persistence and that relationship that says, hey, God can share with me, I think he's going to share with you. Yeah. And that's it. And and then, And then at the end of the day, I think what you're saying is at the end of the day, Receiving or not, God is good. My interpretation is not perfect mm-hmm. of what God's saying. I'm not writing scripture right now <laughs> yeah. when the Lord speaks to me. I'm receiving, but I'm I'm imperfectly understanding. But often I find that God does supernatural things to confirm to me what he's saying, to show me, hey, you do have the spirit of God in you. I am in you. I am speaking to you. I am going to help you understand my will so you can ask me to do things with confidence mm-hmm. and believe I'm going to do them. Yeah. Yeah, to and for me that, you know, hearing you speak on that, it brings me to kind of probably the last thing that I would want to say on the topic is that the persistence, the pursuit, the seeking, all the desiring, the coming back, coming back, coming back that has value just in and of itself to God. That matters to God. He cherishes time with us. He cherishes our desires, our hopes, our requests. They're all so valuable to him. Whether he, whether he says yes or no, our coming to him and not losing heart and continuing to trust him and believe in his power and in his goodness is so valuable to God 
that I know, I know with absolute confidence there will be such a reward, even if it's not yes to my request, there will be such a rich reward for continuing to trust him, continuing to hope in him, continuing to believe in his power and his goodness, that he hears me, that he loves my desires, that he is speaking to me, that that just me trusting and loving him is of utmost value to him, there will be such a reward that, that just will make yes or no almost, at the end of the day, seem insignificant compared to the value, the worth of drawing near to him, yeah, the fellowship, man. of having his ear, of hearing his voice, that just, just by communing with him, that has utmost value. And, and then there's these really valuable, important things that we're asking him for, you know? But if we miss him and, and all we're looking for is what he can do for us, if that's the reason we're persisting, is less about our communion with him and fellowship with him and desire for him and more about whether or not he'll do the thing, then we're swerving into genie territory. Mm. And that's where I don't want to be. Yeah, that's good. Love it. One last question. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Yes. Or not, what does that mean? <laughs> does that, how does that tie into this? Yeah. Okay, so you're referring back to Luke 18. Actually, I think it says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Yeah, will he find faith on the earth? Mm. Nevertheless, he says, uh, even with all this in mind, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So we believe Jesus is talking about his second coming, his return. He's going to come back, judge the living and the dead. He's going to make all things new. Uh, he's going to destroy death forever. There'll be no more sin, no more crying. At that time, will he find faith on earth? And I think the the biblical answer is yes. And I think Jesus knew that that was the answer. I also know that Jesus was surrounded by faithlessness in the generation that he grew up in. There was a lot of religion. There was a lot of ritual. But he didn't encounter a ton of faith. In fact, it reminds me of the centurion, the Roman centurion who told Jesus, you don't even have to, I'm not worthy to have you in my house. Just please, you can just say a word and I know my servant will be healed. And it said Jesus marveled at his faith. That to me, uh, of all the things, all the interactions Jesus had with people, that's one of my favorite interactions. That God on earth marveled at faith when he saw it real genuine confidence in him. He marveled at it. And I think that may have been some of what was in Jesus's heart. It's just like he sees so much losing heart. He sees so much giving up and so much lack of faith in God to do what only God can do and trusting in themselves. In fact, he goes on right there. He, he gives the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector and it says, he told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. He saw so much of that, trusting in yourself. And so I think the question that he gave was kind of rhetorical in a way. It was kind of a, man, I just, I don't see the faith that I want to see. When I come back, will I see faith? 
but I, you know, he's been working since that day until this day to stir up faith, yeah. to encourage faith and establish faith. So the answer is yes, for sure. But what he meant by it, I, I think maybe he was wanting to see more. Well, yeah, and maybe the ultimate expectancy is not for any sign right now, but is for the return of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like he told a parable about um, a wedding with the woman who had the uh, lamps, right? Mm-hmm. And some had oil to light their lamps and some didn't. And so he seems to equate this to his return. And it's like, there's people who have no oil in their lamps and there's people who do have oil in their lamps. The people who have oil in their lamps seem to be people who have faith. Yeah. Um, they're trusting that he is coming back and they're waiting with patience. Yeah. But I mean, it's interesting when you look at something like Sodom and Gomorrah, which were destroyed by fire, God couldn't find righteous people there. There mm. were none, zero. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> there were, I mean, I guess Lot was called righteous in the New Testament and he was there, right. maybe, but it's a, bit <laughs> it's a very generous <laughs> It's very generous reading. <laughs> it's generous and it's like, okay. Whatever, you know, it's the Bible, so I trust it. Yeah, of course. (laughs) But really that, like, if we're going to pray with expectancy, ultimately part of our intercession should be Maranatha, Hmm. return quickly, Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. Love the Lord's return. And then format our lives around the Lord returning. Yeah. Which is hard to do, but that... That to me is that faith. Will he find faith when he returns? Will people who love God say, hey, I formatted my life around this instead of around my career and making a bunch of money instead of around my family, all things that are part of life. But I formatted my heart and my mind around and and my actions to follow around the return of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, because the return of Christ and sin and death being done away with, uh, all evil being destroyed, only goodness remaining, all things made new, new bodies that will never decay, that will never get sick, uh, there's no more heartache, all the questions are answered. We don't even need prophecy anymore because we're face-to-face with Jesus. The return of Christ is really the ultimate answer to all of our prayers. Everything we think we need from God will be given to us on that day. So why wouldn't it be the number one thing that we're asking for? Like, God, please give, please heal this person. They're sick. We believe God loves to heal. But even if he heals that person, one day the healing will expire and <laughs> they will die. Yeah. Lazarus but died again. He died again. Yeah. But a day's going to come where Jesus is going to heal us all eternally and there'll be no more death. That's better. That's that's better than any miraculous healing or answer that we could receive today. So I agree with you. We We should have our ultimate hope and desire all wrapped up in him coming back. Cool. Love it. Well, thanks for joining us on the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. 
Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button.